This morning, we're starting a, a new series called What Happy Families Know. Now, it's a relationship series. And most of you girls, you're thinking, oh, great, a relationship series. That's really good. And most of you blokes are thinking, oh, no, do we have to do this? I mean, we're getting close to Christmas. Can't we have Santa Claus? And can't we have all kinds of, uh, you know, nice things? But, um, but no, this morning, we're going to be talking about relationships. Now, what you need to be aware of, ladies, is that for, mo- for the most part, and I say this for the most part, uh, this is a bit stereotypical, but for the most part, um, blokes think about relationships, right, like women think about cars. Blokes think about relationships like women think about cars. I'll explain that. We don't want to work on them. We just want them to work. <laughs> Let me know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we I mean, I've had three daughters, right? I've picked them all up on the side of the road, right? I said, what was wrong? Oh, Dad, there was plenty of, the oil light was on. There was plenty of oil. Okay, I understand. <laughs> and for the most part, for, for, the, you know, for, for you ladies, it's kind of like, look, as long as the car's going, what does it matter, right? Just leave it. Just, it's all good. And for the most part, that's what us blokes think about relationships, Let's not talk about it. Let's not worry about it. As long as it's all good, just let it go. So uh, this might get in your nose a little bit, guys. I'm sorry about that this morning. Um, But uh, we'll do our best to sort of keep it, uh, you know, going and moving and a little bit bit funny as best we can. Um, This morning, uh, I'm going to um, just sort of, you know, uh, create the problem. Next week, come back. We're going to look more at the answers. But for blokes, you know, uh, women, when, when we think women want to talk about relationships, this is what we think, ladies. We think they want us fixed, you know. You want to, there's something wrong, they know what it is, and they want to fix it. And for us, we can remember when we were children and our father took our dog to the vet to get it fixed. <laughs> really bad connotations, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, yeah. You want to fix me? You ain't fixing me. I'm not getting fixed. Uh, but um, when, you, um, when you come into a relationship, any relationship for, for that matter, and this is, is what happy families know, it's just not what happy, um, not what happy marriages are about. But the, the application applies no matter what the relationship. But uh, I, I guess, you know, let's face it, marriages are not easy, you know, uh, uh, from my experience in talking with people. I'm not sure that necessarily has to be the case. But one of the reasons the human condition is this. When you come into a relationship, particularly a marriage, you bring your box. And I brought your box with me this morning. <laughs> and uh, your box is full of your, your hopes your dreams, and your desires. And that's what you did, right? When you were um, growing up, you had hopes, dreams, and desires about what your relationship, what your marriage, what your family would look like. You were thinking, oh, wow, one day I'm going to get married. And when I get married, I'm going to marry this kind of a person. And my relationship, my marriage is going to look like this. You can't help yourself. We've all done it. We've all, and you do this with every relationship. You've brought your hopes, dreams, and desires into the relationship. 
And what do those hopes, dreams, and desires look like? Well, I've taken a moment this morning to delve into your box and to pull out some of your hopes, dreams, and desires. And you had hopes, dreams, and desires about money, didn't you? (laughs) About how much money you would need. About whether or not, you know, you could be a single um, uh, family income, whether or not your husband would work and you would, you know, work till you had children and then you'd stay at home or whether you'd both work for the remainder of your life. I mean, you've thought it through. You had some idea about how much money you would need in your relationship. You thought about the chores, (laughs) right? Who would do what around the house, okay? Who would mop the floor? Who would put out the rubbish, right? Who would pay the bills? Who would cook the, uh, who would cook the dinner? Who would buy the food? So on and so forth. You wanted, thought about where you would live. Your roomies. <laughs> what kind of house? Would you live in a unit? You know, would you live uh, in a, a standalone dwelling? Would you want to rent? Would you want to buy? Uh, how do you want to kind of exist? Because you can't live under a tree. You've got to live somewhere. And you, you, know, you, you had the idea of what kind of house would be appropriate, what kind of house would be worthy of yourself as you move forward. You dreamt about what kind of house you would live in. You thought about what kind of car you would drive. Now, a hot rod, obviously, Brian, uh, you thought about what kind of car you would own. And uh, whether you would need, you know, eight seats because you were going to have so many children, (laughs) right? You thought about how many kids should we have, right? You didn't think it through very well, Zach, did you, right? You didn't think 10, did you? As I was walking down the aisle, I'm going to have 10 children. Anyway, maybe you did, I don't know. This morning, I've just got the one here and... uh, you have to admit, you're a very happy-looking little one. And, uh, but you think that's true. How many children do you want to have? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you thought about time, how you spend time, our, our discretionary time. Do I have to spend all my discretionary time with you, or can I go to the football with my friends? What's the expectation here of when we have discretionary time, right? Do I expect you to stay home with me or do I let you go out and have coffee with your friends? And you think about that and the way we spend our uh, free time, the way uh, our years work, the calendar, right? When we got married, it was quite clear what certain holidays belonged to Francine's family and other holidays belonged to my family, right? Her family... Got, got Easter, right? New Year's Day and Christmas, right? My family, well, we got Groundhog Day, but it doesn't matter, right? Whatever. But uh, there's, certain, there's certain expectations, right? But it came back to money. My wife had a maxim, right? Well, what's yours is mine and what's mine is mine. I thought that was great because at least I was in there. But anyway, all right. She's crooked this morning. That's why she's not here. Uh, I, can't, I, I couldn't cope, she said. No, no, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Uh, you want to think about, right? You, you have dreams about whether or not you're going to have a pet. Hello. <laughs> and whether or not it's going to be a dog or a, a badgerigar. Exactly. Who, who even contemplates a cat for crying out loud? 
But uh, this was a major issue in my family. It wasn't really. My wife was allergic to cats. So if I was a cat lover, you know, the marriage would have been over before it even started. But it's an issue, right? Aren't we going to have pets? Do we have dogs? Do we have cats? Do we have birds? I won't. There you go. I'll show The RSPCA won't be after me. Um, of course, there is one. Uh, and if you're going to have pets and if you're going to have children, you're going to have to figure out how you resolve conflict. <sighs> For some of you, for some of you, right, uh, it's, it's not a matter um, what you say, it's how you say it, right? Some of you come from a family and everyone yells and screams, rah, 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 and, and leave it all out on the table. Uh, and others sort of raise your voice. <gasps> if you really loved me, you wouldn't raise his voice. <laughs> you don't raise your voice. You don't raise his voice. <laughs> Domestic violence, whatever, you know, and uh, maybe it is, but... Um, but, you know, we, there are rules around how we resolve uh, conflict. There's about um, what she wears to bed. Uh, <laughs> as long as I'm comfortable. That's what she's thinking. Yeah, and that's what he's thinking, no doubt. And uh, just saying. <laughs> hopes, dreams, and desires. I'm just saying. And, uh, and of course, there's where we go for holidays. Right, so do we, do we you know, go to a unit and go shopping? Do we go camping and, and fish? Uh, <laughs> what kind of holidays are we going to take here? You know, do we travel? Do we fly? Do we, we want to see the world? Are we happy just getting around Queensland? Do we just want to see the state? Uh, is the Goodner Caravan Park an appropriate place for a holiday? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, all these hopes, dreams, and desires. And where do they come from? They come from the box. We saw that. How did they find their way into the box is a question that needs to be answered. And I'll tell you where they come from, basically. Basically, that they've come from um, what you've seen and what you've heard, what you read in Dolly and Cleo, I don't know, um, what you saw happen in your own family, what you saw happen in uh, your brother's family and your sister's family and the family across the street. You thought, man, that's what I want. Or maybe you thought, I don't want a bar of that, right? Or, of course, what you've experienced. Um, your own experience, indeed, of what you have seen and what you have heard. And, and you're either trying to avoid something. You've either seen something. You're like, that ain't for me. We're going to keep away from that. Or, or you're trying to replicate something. Or that's what we want. And so that's in my, my, my box of hopes, dreams, and desires because, you know, it looked pretty good to me. And, and here's the thing. It doesn't matter how holy you are. I don't know if you're a Christian here this morning, if you're not a Christian. It's all the same. We all have hopes, dreams, and desires. We all bring that every relationship, but it's really focused when it comes to marriage. And what happens is this, all right? This, this, is, this, is the, this is the magic. Are you ready? Abracadabra. I'm about to change the hopes, dreams, and desires. Now, no longer hopes, dreams, and desires. Are you ready? Are you ready for them to magically change the kind of thing that they are? When I come to the altar with my box and I look at my bride and I say oh sweetheart here's my hopes my dreams and my desires and there's, there's one just before I get to that there's one thing 
that is common amongst, amongst all my hope streams. No, no matter what they are, right? No matter how many kids we're going to have, how we're going to spend our spare time, how we're going to deal with money, you know, all of that. There's one thing that's common to the whole thing, and that, of course, is me. They are my hopes, my dreams, and my desires. And the reason I pursued her, if I want to be really frank with you, is I thought she was going to, this was, that was in my hopes, dreams, and desires. I thought she was that. I thought, wow, my hopes, dreams, and desires are personified in her. That's the reason I asked her to marry me. Let's be honest. Look, and that's the reason she said yes was because at that point, she thought hopes, dreams, and desires were in me. Silly woman, right? (laughs) But that's what she thought. And and she thought, conflict will work it out. Children, you know, he'll give me that. Uh, Chores, uh, you know, that's going to be good. It's all going to be fine. But what happens is when you come to the altar, and you look at one another, and you do two things. You exchange rings, and you exchange boxes. (laughs) And you say, there's a ring and there's a box. (laughs) And the box is no longer hopes, dreams, and desires. The box now for me, who hopes and dreams, desires, now it's for me. The box is expectation. (laughs) I now feel pressure (laughs) to fulfill her expectations. Right? It's now, it's now a, a burden for me, right? It's a load. So, all right, all right, okay, that's what you want. I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll do my best. And we hand the box over with expectations. Expectations are a strong belief that something will happen. Not yet, not, it hasn't happened yet. We're not near a dream home yet, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. He's not the dream husband yet. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen. He's coming on. We're getting there. And, and it becomes a load. Now, you, you know this to be true. And I'm just putting words around what you guys, no doubt, if you've been married, already know. So here's the question. When your box of hopes, dreams, and desires and my box of hopes, dreams, and desires collide, which they inevitably do. What do you do? You do one of five things. One of five things. I'd like to write this down because this will be a self-fulfilling prophecy, particularly if you've only just got married. The, the first option of the five, the first thing that, that happens, and this happens all the time, folks, unfortunately, but it happens, is that somebody leaves. Why do they leave? I'll tell you why they leave. Because I can't cope with this pressure anymore. I don't know what I've got to do to please him. I don't know what I've got to do to please her. I can't do enough. I try everything I possibly can to be the kind of person that they want to be a part of, but I just can't seem to make them happy. And I'm sick of living under the pressure of the expectation. It's a weight I can no longer carry. I'm fed up. I've had enough. I can't take it anymore. I'm out. Anyone ever thought that? <laughs> Don't put your hand up. <laughs> or, or I'll tell you what else happens. Another reason you leave is, you know, I got married. I thought hopes, dreams, and I thought it was going to happen. But, you know, I met somebody. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
And, you know, I mean, okay, you know, he's given me, um, you know, he's given me a, oh, a pet. Uh, he's given me some money, you know. Uh, there we go. Here, give that back. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, uh, but, but, you know, maybe he's a two or three out of ten. But I met someone, I reckon they're an eight or a nine out of ten. And I reckon if I gave them my hopes, dreams, and desires, they would make them come about. So I'm out because I found somebody better. I got someone to give me my hopes, dreams, and desires. So one option is you leave. Another option is, we put up on the screen there, the second option is I win. I win. What does that look like? Honey, I know you've got your hopes, dreams, and desires. I know you've got your box, but let's be honest. My box is better than your box. <laughs> I mean, look at your family for crying out loud. <laughs> They're a mess. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I have a superior box to you. Try to see it my way, right? It'll work out. If you just come and see it my way, my way is better. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. I've read the book. I know the way. I have the answer to the problem. So just come with me. Come down my hopes, dreams, and desires. Come down my pathway, and I'm sure that we will be happy. Live happy ever after. And there's a surefire way to have a dysfunctional relationship. To convince, to convict, to control, and to coerce. You've got to see things my way. And what happens when you do that is that the winner is happy. <laughs> you know, how you going? We're doing really well. We're, doing, we're so happy. Oh, you know, he's coming along. He's nearly there. Keep praying for him. But I'm just happy. <laughs> and the reason I'm so happy... Because he finally bought my box. I took a few tantrums, took a few threats, took a bit of, you know, a bit of, a, a, a bit of coercion, but we got there. And finally, we're now living out of the same box. I win. And of course, if there's a winner, then there's a loser. I leave. I, I can't take this anymore. I'm fed up with it. Uh, uh, n number two, I win. <laughs> I'm happy now. <laughs> Things are going my way. Number two. Number three, I conform. I conform. Um, you might have heard this said before. Happy wife. Oh, you've heard that. Okay. Now I conform. <laughs> That's where that comes from. And, uh, and how many know that the secret to happiness is to be forced to be somebody that you're not for the sake of somebody else's pleasure. How many know that's the secret to happiness right there? <laughs> that, that, that works. That works to conform to the expectations of your partner, right? Look, I've just got to manage her, okay? You know, she's a good person, but I've got to manage her. I know what she wants, and I know what happens when she doesn't get it. So the easiest thing to do is just give her what she wants and just keep her happy. I'll settle for one thing in life, peace all i want is peace just give me peace and i conform and the problem with conforming is after a while you um start to lose respect for yourself 
and, uh, and your partner actually starts to lose respect for you as well. So conform doesn't really work either. I, I leave, it's an option. Some of you have thought about it, seriously. Haven't done it, but you've thought about it. Uh, win, some of you have won, and you thought, well, I've won. Remember this, I win, we losers. When I wins, we losers. But nevertheless, that's an option, and some people just, as long as I'm winning, we're happy. And, and of course, the, maybe the, the, the more um, malleable personality, I, I conform. The fourth one, and some of you are going to think this is good, I'm going to argue with you. Uh, you might not like it, but I, uh, the fourth one is, uh, we, we compromise. The fourth one is, I compromise. I compromise. And some of you think that's what marriage is about. Some of you think marriage or relationships about compromise. You know, you give a bit, I give a bit. Let's come up with a compromise in a situation. I know what you want, I know what I want, and, and look, you know, we're never going to quite obviously get there, so let's compromise. Here's the problem with this mindset of compromise. Two, two issues, two problems with the I compromise idea. The first one is whenever you compromise, you keep score. <laughs> yep, I compromised last time. I gave in last time. This was... This was my compromise. It's now time for him dash her to compromise. I've compromised enough. The problem with compromise is that compromise leads to score uh, taking in the marriage. I'm not doing any more because I've done more than my fair share. You know, I had these hopes, dreams, desires about who would do what. You're not doing your fair share. Now, I've done more than I actually thought of, but now I'm not going anymore. And there is this scorekeeping that goes on in our minds. And, and, and that has a that has a, a knock-on effect. And the knock-on effect is this. Uh, I don't trust you. It's not that you lie. It's not that you cheat, not that you steal. It's just I know the whole time you're marking me everything I do. I know the whole time you're watching to make sure that I do my fair share of the stuff in this relationship. I rang you last time. I got in contact with you last time. And and the compromise thing inevitably starts to pack it in because it's fueled by the wrong notion. And here it is. It's fueled by a commitment to the marriage. And that's not good. You think, wait a minute, I thought commitment to marriage was a good thing. I voted. I'm committed to marriage, you know. And hey, I voted too. I'm committed to traditional marriage. But let me tell you this. I never dated a date. I never... I wasn't engaged to an engagement. I didn't marry a marriage. Um, I didn't go out with someone just so I could go out with someone. I went out with someone because I wanted to be with an individual. I wanted a person. I just didn't want to have a relationship. I don't care who it's with. I just want a relationship. So I'm committed to... You're not committed to a relationship. You're committed to a person. And yet people are, well, I'm committed to the marriage. I'm committed to the marriage. Well, let's be honest. Hey, you can make it to the end of life, stay married by compromise and commitment to marriage. I'm telling you there's a better way. I'm telling you there's a fifth option. I'm, I'm saying to you that you didn't marry a marriage. You married a person. And that person wants your love she don't, they don't want you to look them in the eye and say oh, i love marriage <laughs> what they're going to do with that right <laughs> they want to know that you love them that there's a person involved in this and whilst commitment to the marriage is better than no commitment to the marriage 
I just want to suggest to you that there's a fifth option that supersedes all of these. And I'm going to tell you what it is next week. So you better not miss out next Sunday. Because next Sunday will be the answer. But um, let's just talk about these expectations for a minute. Because the the issue with expectations is they do create a debtor-debt relationship, right? See, this is what happens. I I came down, I've given you my hopes, dreams, and desires. Now you owe me. You owe me children, buddy. (laughs) I married you. I want kids. (laughs) You owe me clean socks, honey. And they better match. You owe them to me. Where's my dinner? (laughs) I've got married, my hopes, dreams, and desires was I'd come home for the work. At the end of the day, dinner would be hot on the plate, ready for me when I got home. You owe me dinner. Where's my dinner? <laughs> you owe me. This is what happens. This is, goes on on the inside of you. When you give someone your hopes, dreams, and desires, there is this expectation. There is this sense of, hey, you owe me now, buddy. And I'm looking to get what is rightfully mine. <laughs> you're supposed to do that you're supposed to lock the doors that's what my father did (laughs) you're supposed to take out the rubbish that's what my dad did you're supposed to do this this is what my mother did my mother did this why aren't you doing this when I when I was getting married I had clear in my head you know it wasn't clear in my head it was somewhere in there you know that you were going to do this and I was going to do that why aren't you doing your end of the bargain because I seem to be doing more than my fair share in my mind of my end of the bargain right see this is the problem with the debt debtor relationship let, let, let me put it to you like this how many of you um, or, or how much gratitude do you give to somebody who delivers to you what you expect for example um, you quote on a job right you know, this is the amount of money for the job and you win the quote you go and you do the work, you turn up with the labor, the know-how and the materials, you give them the labor, the know-how, the materials, you've now fulfilled your end of the quote, what happens next? You get paid. How much gratitude do you have when the person whom you've worked for just paid you? You get your wages every Thursday, let's say. How much gratitude do you have your boss, do you show to your boss for your wages? And the answer is, very little, may I suggest, particularly on the front row, very little. (laughs) I don't know about the rest of you. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, good. Good. I I expect more than that. (laughs) And and, and this is the problem. Now, listen, I know I'm having some fun here, but listen, here's the problem, right? I expect flowers, let's just say I expect flowers for Valentine's Day. He buys me flowers. I have an expectation. Now we're back to square one. How much gratitude do you feel? Very little. Let's just say it's my birthday. I get a present and a card. My expectation was to get a present and a card. How much gratitude do you feel? Very little. You might be polite. Oh, thank you. Thank you. When, when the customer pays you, Peter, you might go, thank you. Thank you, but what happens when they don't pay you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're off the court, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, I was polite, right? I'm being polite, but in terms of gratitude, I expect it. 
because I've done my end of the bargain. Now it's time for you to cough up your end of the bargain. And here's the issue with hopes, dreams, desires. They create expectations. And in an environment of expectation, there's no room for gratitude. And in a place of gratitude, love doesn't exist. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh-huh. It's, doesn't it make sense to you? In a place of expectation, you just give me what I expected. There's no room for love here. There's no love in this marriage. It's all expectations. I've just got to do this, that, and the other thing, or else he gets cranky. If I don't hold up my end of the bargain, she just goes off the handle. There's no room for love where there is a box full of expectations. Gratitude. Gratitude is reserved for when there's something you didn't expect. Right? You go, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Thank you so much. Wow, you did what? Man, I had this. You, you took my hopes, dreams, and desires, and you went beyond that. Wow, thank you so much. I, I, I'm amazed. That's, in, that's incredible. So what are we supposed to do with our box of hopes, dreams, and desires? Because everybody has them. I don't care how Christian you are. You know, what do we do? Oh, well, we die to them, right? <laughs> I nailed them to the cross, and they are no more. <laughs> Try that. Because uh, some of your hopes, dreams, and desires you, you, you carry because you're made in the image of God, right? You want to live in a house, right? You want to live in a house, or at least not under a tree. <laughs> uh, you're not going to die to that. That's the legitimate hope, dream, and desire, right? What are you going to do, ignore them? I'm just going to ignore who does the housework. <laughs> and I'll just do it all, and I'll just keep a smile on my face. And, you know, he spends all the money. I'm just going to pretend it doesn't matter. You try that for a little bit and see how you go with that. I think you'll probably find that that doesn't work for you. So, what am I to do with my box of hopes, dreams, and desires? It's a question. And um, putting it another way, how do I stop my hopes, dreams, and desires becoming expectations, burdens for my partner? How, how, how do I do that? How does that work? And the answer, the short answer to that question is the answer to the next question. And the next question is, what do they owe me? What does she owe me? What does he owe me? And I tell you what happy families know. You ready for this? Some of you won't like this. Some of you will push back against it. Some of you will think this is unworkable. This is the first week. Don't miss next week. If you know people who are married, bring them along. <laughs> if you know people who would like to be married, make sure they're here. Because the answer, to the short answer to that question is, what do they owe me? The answer is nothing. If you can get this into your heart, what happy couples know, what happy marriages understand. Some of them have 10 children, some of them have none. 
Some of them live in mansions. Some of them live in modest dwellings. Some of them drive expensive cars. Some of them get around, you know, in cars that are just holding it together. But they're happy. Why are they happy? Not because they've reached, you know, uh, Paris for a holiday. Not because they've got three dogs. They're happy because I've concluded. I wake up every morning and look at my wife and I think she owes me nothing and I owe her everything. Now, where did we get this idea from? Just before Jesus goes back to heaven. Um, and we're going to get more into Paul's answer. I'm just setting the problem up today. Um, but just before Jesus goes back to heaven, he gets his disciples together. He says, listen, guys, um, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. They go, yeah, we've heard this before. Love one another as, you know, love others as you love yourself. No, 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 no. Forget that. Forget that. I've got a new one, he says. Love others as I have loved you. Paul takes that, that huge idea, the marching orders from Jesus for his people. Love others as I have loved you. And Paul leverages that all the way through his letters as he writes to different people around different um, relationships. I'm going to just put one of his uh, writings on, on the board. and talk about it for a couple of minutes and we're done. But he says in Ephesians 5 verses 1 to 2, Follow God's example, therefore, uh, as dearly beloved children and walk in the way of love. We all think, oh, love, let's walk in the way of love. Everybody wants love. I want to know what love is. You know, love will keep us together. There's so much sung and written uh, about love. But then he goes on and says, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Whoa. In the middle of every relationship, Paul leverages this John 13 idea about loving others as Christ has loved us. And how did that work? Well, Christ paid a debt that he did not owe, right? The Father in heaven, through all of our behavior and for all of what we've done after he created us, we were in debt to him for our sin, But he looked at us and he said, you owe me nothing. That's hard, isn't it? People find that so difficult to cope with. Because, well, I've got to do something, penance, I've got repentance. Surely there's something I have to do. Surely, surely if I'm going to be right with God, there's something I have to do. God said, you owe me nothing and I Oh, you, everything in Jesus Christ. I give you everything. You owe me nothing. That's how you keep it in a box. Not around her neck. Dragging her down. So two quick um, two quick pieces of homework you have to do for next week. You won't want to miss next week, right? This is just putting out the problem. Next week, we're going to start to delve into more of the answer. But, but, but here's the questions that you have to answer for next week, all right? You have to have this in your head before you come. If you want to listen to this again, then I can only hope it'll be up on the podcast by Tuesday. <laughs> and uh, 
Uh, you might want to get this in your mind because we are building one week on the next on the next. This is a series, all right? So you can't sort of come one week and not come the next and still get the whole thing. You'll, you know, I mean, was it worthwhile? I hope it was worthwhile being here this morning. I hope you got something out of it. But if you don't, if you don't come back next week, you'll get like 25% of the whole. But you know, I need to answer these, these two questions. The first question is, What's in my box? You know something? <laughs> Here's half the problem. <laughs> you get married, you didn't even know. You didn't even know you did what I just said you do. Hadn't occurred to you. you. When I was talking, you're probably going, well, that's right, he sure did. Don't worry about him, right? This is not about your partner. This is about you. What's in your box? Think about it. Write it down. What's in your box? When you come to this relationship, maybe you come to a church and I expected this. And I, What was in your box? You come to every box with this, particularly as relation to marriage. Wouldn't it be worth a moment to think about what was in your box? And then, who have I handed my box off to? Who have you laid your expectations on maybe the best thing is not to talk about the message too much today because i haven't given you enough to talk about but to come back next week having answered those two questions what's in my box who have i handed my box off to we're going to stand together i'm going to pray and i'm out of here father this morning i pray for everybody in this room that's entered into Significant relationships with hopes, dreams, and desires because they're created in your image, Lord. And maybe, Lord, they're even right now struggling, trying to compromise the relationship to make it work. Maybe they've just conformed and go, I give up. It's easiest things just to, you know, do whatever he wants, she wants. Or maybe right now I'm trying to coerce and manipulate and co- convince. Or maybe... Someone's just left. Or you're thinking about leaving. Father, I pray for all of us, Lord, as we work through these next few weeks, this material, God, that, um, Lord, it wouldn't just be words. It wouldn't just be, Lord, a, a moment where we come and, and, and get entertained and then go. But that, God, we take these questions seriously. We'd wrestle them to the ground and, God, I I ask that at the end, that the heart of Christ would become the heart of each one of us in the way that we relate to each other. In Jesus' name.